It's the final week of Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. As always, Henry Drews steps in to give us the state of the fishery, and although the news by and large is good, the zebra mussels are still a concern, including for bait fish. Uh, other things on the horizon is the uh, the impact that, that, that the infestations have on bait harvest. Um, last This is a very difficult year for bait. Um, bait was uh, difficult to come by for all the bait stores and the suppliers, and that was related to a really tough winter, a lot of winter kill in some of the ponds where they raise their bait fish. And then also the lakes that are getting more difficult to get permits to sample on because of invasive species. So um, I think that's that's a concern. Much, much more from Henry Drews, plus we... Plus, we get the recap of this year's big Frank Snyder Jr. Memorial Muskie Tournament. A lot of muskies caught. Casey Fristney, the tournament director, has the details. It was a it was a great year. Saturday Saturday was insane, but to kind of lay it out, I believe there was 90 muskies caught between 73 different anglers. Um, I think there was four or five fish called in on Sunday, and... I can't remember how many fish were called in Saturday or Sunday, but I know that Saturday we had twice as many muskies registered as Friday. It's all coming up next. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Henry Drews, Northwest Regional Fisheries Manager. My guest again today as we continue the state of the fisheries conversation we always have on the last week of Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Again, this is it for the year. We will continue with Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors starting next week. That'll be weekly every Thursday, 1240 at KBUN FM 104.5 and Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. And, of course, online as well, kbunsportsradio.com. Click on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Or go to Podcast One or iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. We're also on social media, Facebook and Twitter. And thanks once again to everybody who listened this year. Please keep listening. We've got lots of great outdoor programming still to come. So, Henry, one of the things that has gotten so much more popular in the last five years is bass fishing. Well, I tell you, bass fishing's gotten a lot more popular up here than I mm-hmm. first moved to Bemidji, and I'm I'm sharing one of my favorite critters with a lot more people these days. Um, it was outstanding bass fishing this summer. Stable weather again. When you get stable, warm summer weather, the top water bite on bass, it, it was just amazing this year. Really, really good for a long time. Um, I wouldn't want to have to go out today and catch a lot of bass, <laughs> but, um, you know, once things started turning south on us weather-wise into mid-August, um, it got a little tougher, but, boy, June and July were lights out. You know, I wonder if the good bass anglers, the ones that have been doing it for years, that used to you know talk a lot about it, maybe aren't talking as much about it because they know there's more and more people looking for to find their spots. You know, I've had that conversation with Dwayne Peterson in recent years. It's like you know we kind of created a monster here, <laughs> but there there are species that really lends themselves to catch and release. Um, some of the smaller lakes we've done studies on, where we mark fish and, and look at recaptures and do creel surveys. On smaller lakes, you know, 500,000 acres that are popular for bass fishing, it's not uncommon for the average bass to be caught three times in the summer. Wow. 
so they uh, proper handling, um, you know, smart anglers, those fish can be recycled over and over again. And certainly with the growth of the uh, college scene, which we saw here a few years ago with the big uh, national tournament, and now the high school scene, uh, that's just more and more young anglers getting into bass fishing. Yeah, it's good. It's a, you know, tournament fishing isn't for everybody, um, but if you can get a kid off the couch, you know, and off the game, the video games and get them in a boat fishing, no matter what it it takes to do that, it's a good thing, whether it's tournaments, whether it's take a kid fishing, um, family fishing, um, whatever. A, a kid in a boat fishing is a darn good thing. Well, let's talk a little bit about any concerns that we have in, with the DNR Fisheries Department and or the Northwest region in particular. Well, you know, as always, we're, we're, we're very disappointed, you know, when we get new lakes with zebra mm-hmm. mussels. Um, Red Lake was real disappointing to find them in, in samples. Um, from last summer that we we processed this this winter, um, we still haven't found any adult zebra mussels in Red Lake. Um, but the fact that zebra mussels are in there is a, you know, is very disappointing. Um, there's a, a bunch of new lakes down in the uh, Otter Tail and Pelican River watersheds that have uh, zebra mussel infestations now that we found our staff found this year. Um, that's disappointing. Uh, other things on the horizon is the uh, the impact that 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 the infestations have on bait harvest. Um, last This was a very difficult year for bait. Um, bait was uh, difficult to come by for all the bait stores and the suppliers, and that was related to a really tough winter, a lot of winter kill in some of the ponds where they raise their bait fish, and then also the lakes that are getting more difficult to get permits to sample on because of invasive species. So um, I think that's, that's a concern is bait availability for anglers, and, and we have to take stock of that and see if we can get creative in, in how we regulate the bait industry to make things a little easier and also to um, to just just have a have a plan in place for how we can, can work with bait dealers so anglers have the bait that they want to fish with. I think one of the things that uh, concerns me as I look at Lake Bemidji, one of the things that's uh, very special about Bemidji that allows that good August bite is that algae bloom. And you wonder, you know, if you get enough uh, zebra mussels in there, if that algae bloom goes away or is not as significant as we've come to be used to. You know, that's a wait and see. Um, mm-hmm. We we do have a situation on Bemidji that's a little different than a lot of places. Is uh, you know, we do have a lot of nutrients come into that into the lake from the from the treatment facility. So it's not just in lake production. You know, there's there's nitrogen and phosphorus being um, moving through the lake as a part of the effluent from the treatment plant. So. It's going to be a real interesting one to watch and, and just see if um, when zebra mussels reach their peak densities, if they do have an impact on the overall ecology and the plankton abundance in the lake. Much more to come with Henry Drews, but up next we check in with Casey Fristy, the tournament director from the Frank Snyder Jr. Memorial Muskie Tournament. Had a great weekend. We'll have all the details next. Someday I won't go fishing. Of course, I'll be dead. This is Fish and Ball Bunyan Country. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Well, one final time, we're going to check in with Casey Fiskney. He is uh, the tournament uh, director of the big Frank Snyder Jr. Memorial Muskie Tournament, uh, sponsored by the Twin Cities Chapter of Muskies, Inc., which, of course, was up in uh, Paul Bunyan Country last weekend. And, again, I forget, it's 26 or 23 lakes. Uh, I believe it's 26 bodies of water, including the Mississippi. All right. We had one picture of you with the youngest angler, so they were as young as eight years old at the tournament this year. Yep, and I think older than 80. 
Wow. Is the older, oldest. That's a, that's a good spread. <laughs> that's a very good spread. Yeah. A little, um, a little bit of something for everyone. Well, you got awfully close to getting to 500 this year, uh, just 16 shy of that upper 400s. That was that's a good number. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it was a good year. Um, how about for the anglers? Were they were they were they reeling in fish? Oh, um, it was a it was a great year. Saturday Saturday was insane. But to kind of lay it out, I believe there was 90 muskies caught between 73 different anglers. Um, I think there was four or five fish called in on Sunday, and I can't remember how many fish were called in Saturday or Sunday. But I know that Saturday we had twice as many muskies registered. It's Friday. I was really impressed as I take a look, of course, at the, these numbers. Uh, I was stunned at the number of fish that came off of Winnie this year. In fact, the uh, tournament champion uh, was doing his fishing on Lake Winnie. Now, we know there's the state record comes out of Winnie, but we don't normally hear that many fish coming out of Winnie. You know, that might be uh, not totally indicative. Uh, the six fish that came out of Winnie were caught between um, just a couple anglers and and in fact, two of them were boat partners. The one caught a 54, and then um, the guy that won the tournament caught four fish. So they were on something. Coming in second place with a couple of fish, including the biggest of the tournament, was Aaron Peterson of Bemidji, who was fishing on Lake Bemidji. And we know Bemidji's got the trophies. Yeah, it's not it's not a giant shocker to see a 55 and a half or the largest fish of the tournament, for that matter, come out of Bemidji. Uh, it happened last year. Bemidji's a great fishery. Maybe not the highest density per se relative to all the other lakes, but um, still a great fishery. And, and if you know what you're doing, you can definitely tie into some great fish. And uh, kudos to Aaron Peterson. He actually found out that he he thought he had won the whole tournament, um, but the guy that won it uh, caught a buzzer beater fish with, I believe, three minutes left to go wow. to steal the lead. Um, so he was a little bit disappointed, but overall... You can't complain about uh, a tournament which you win a free lax replica of a 55-and-a-half-inch fish that you catch. <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. And, uh, what's, what, you know, and, and, again, going back to Bemidji, he only caught two fish and almost won the whole thing. So you only do need to get a couple. So they may not have the biggest density, but the ones you catch, they're going to get you in the running right away. Oh, and, and his second fish that he caught, which is actually the first fish he caught, was... 49 inches and change, and it was a whale. I mean, it, if his 55 and a half had the same build as his 49, I mean, we're talking an easy 40-pound fish. So 484 anglers, we had 23 juniors, 32 ladies, uh, 90 people got a muskie 40 inches or old or, or, or bigger from 73 anglers. Is that pretty normal? It fluctuates every year, but, yeah, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty accurate as far as... Um, what we'd expect to see for numbers of, of fish called in and, and total number of anglers um, catching fish. And it just goes to show you the, the, uh, the quality of a fishery that this tournament's held in. And, you know, um, it also tells you how difficult it is to catch a muskie. Over 400 uh, didn't catch one or didn't catch one over 40. Correct. It's not said they didn't catch one. Um, I, I heard plenty of heartbreak stories of, of guys with the boat or or girls, Caitlin Disson for that matter, had a had a fish right next to her. She had the fish up on right next to the boat, and it got off. I I, I can't remember if the, the fish got caught on net or the line hooked a hook cleat, and for whatever reason, the fish was able to lever it, itself off. But 
plenty of heartbreak stories, um, people just narrowly missing getting on the board, um, or, uh, for that matter, not so heartbreaking stories, but people catching, you know, the, the sub-qualifying fish, so fish under 40 inches. Uh, I heard plenty of those, including um, three of our junior anglers in the tournament caught uh, fish that were 36 inches in length, and two of those, uh, it was the first muskie they'd ever caught. So, I mean, that's that's a great story. Of, I was, I'm super glad to hear about it, and it, it just shows that uh, there's some healthy year classes coming up in the area as well. That is, that is of course, great news, obviously. Um, we had a large bike, too, I see, nearly 40-inch bike. That's impressive. Yeah, Anita Dones out of Cass Lake. Uh, there was other large pike caught, but but um, none of them broke the 38-inch mark that is uh, required. So Anita took that one down with a 39-and-a-half out wow. of Cass. So we know there's some big northerns lurking in Cass Lake. Oh, there's big everything in Cass Lake. <laughs> so let's take a look. Uh, as expected, uh, Leech Lake brought in the most fish, 27 uh, with the largest being just over 50 inches, and that's that's pretty standard for this tournament. Pretty standard. I was actually surprised how many fish didn't break the 50-inch mark but, but were just below. I mean, we had a ton of 48- and 49-inch fish caught. That uh, bodes well for next year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, then you had 12 from Big, and, yeah, Big Lake always puts out some fish, and, of course, 10 from Bemidji, including the large fish of the tournament. Cass Lake had 11, and those were the only four lakes that had uh, multiple or had uh, double-digit fish. Correct. Okay. Um, to, I mean, for the first day and a half there, it seemed like the average inch of fish coming out of Bemidji was about 49, 48 inches. Um, I don't think we saw a fish smaller than that until uh, afternoon of Saturday when somebody called in a 44. I mean, it was it was insane what Bemidji was doing. Yeah, it's just a uh, it's just fun to look at this uh, and and see how how it breaks down. Um, let's just run down the rest of the lakes that actually had some fish come off at Kitchy, Winnie, Plantagenet, Iguadona, Pike Bay, Little Boy, Mantrap, Andruja, and Wabado all had fish coming off it this year. Um, so, um, you know, it was spread out again. Yep, yep. It's it's I, it's pretty indicative of the total number of anglers uh, fishing those lakes. That, you know, Leech, no surprise with how big it is and how great of a fishery, and also with the PMTT uh, coming next weekend to Leech, there's quite a bit of anglers on Leech. And so, again, no surprise that uh, about a third of the fish caught came out of Leech. Um, and then, you know, as the, um, if you look zone two, which was all of the lakes from Bemidji over to Winnie, um, they, they comprised, you know, the next third or so of the field. And so you see about that, uh, reflected in the results. It's kind of cool. I, you note that of the 23 juniors, three were able to catch a, a smaller than, uh, qualifying muskie. Two of them was their first muskie ever. So that was cool. Super cool, um, including that the youngest angler that uh, I had the fortune of talking to, um, he won a free entry into next year's tournament, and uh, I was walking with him to get his receipt and and ask him about it, and he caught a 36-inch muskie, and it's like, wow, that's, that's great. He was pumped, and I was like, you know, that was 
that was how big my first muskie was. It's 36 inches. Except I was twice as old as you when I caught it. <laughs> Uh, so good tournament. Uh, everything went well. That uh, no 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 snafus. Um, the, you know the only one I can really think of is that uh, there was one fish that that died on us, and the angler was actually um, a good sport, courteous. He he called in the fish when it was in the bag and and measured it, had it measured, and then he actually um, got back to us like an hour and a half later and said, Hey, uh, you're going to have to take me off the list. I, I've been working on this fish for, you know, an hour and a half and she's just not going to make it. Um, that was a 48 and a half out of cast. Uh, so unfortunately we know of one fish that, that for whatever reason, I guess she, she really chowed the bait and or in between that and the stress, um, was lost. But, uh, other than that, it was, it was a great tournament and, um, ran really well. Okay. Um, so, uh, anything that you're looking at doing different next year, or you just uh, want to build on what you have? Oh, I mean, as great of a relief as it is to be done, I, I'm still riding this wave of, of excitement and, and enjoyment of the tournament and just the good feelings that you get. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. My mind's already looking forward to next year, how to improve it, how to streamline things. Um, I haven't met with the tournament committee yet to, to really discuss any of it, but uh, really streamlining how you, how we get um, the packets out to everybody is kind of priority number one because I think it's going to be the most easily addressable thing. Um, and, man, uh, you know, looking at the results, the one thing that really sticks out to me is we still have not uh, awarded a fly division winner for somebody who registers a legal fish or qualifying fish using fly tackle. Uh, I, you know, I talked to Ben Olson, who was one of our guest MCs and he knows of, uh, I mean, I guess they encountered a lot of fish and there was one that got off at the boat that he mentioned that I can remember, but still that is the evasive, uh, trophy that has not yet been given out. I've got all three plaques that we were supposed to award to the, to the winner of that bonus. Um, just at my house, unclaimed for year three. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, I mean, if you if you just make the, them a little more generic, and you just don't have to buy any new ones for a while. <laughs> I'm I'm working. I'm actually uh, thinking about making a traveling trophy, kind of like the Stanley Cup, where oh, sure. <laughs> when you win it, you get your name on it for the fly division. Because I mean, the plaques, the hardware that we give out, isn't necessarily the cheapest thing to order every year, and, and, to, and to not award it. Um, and then also I'm thinking about doing it for the, you know, overall winner of the tournament. So we'll have, hopefully next year we have two respectably looking trophies to award to the overall winner and the winner of the fly division, just to kind of help hype that up and yeah. and really make it something to strive for. And you uh, gave away all kinds of prizes and all kinds of awards this year. Uh, what's the total dollar value of what you guys give out at this tournament? Oh, off the top of my head, I know it's it's got to be well over twenty thousand dollars in total prizes. Um, you know, Reeds donates a ton of good stuff to us, um, as well as all of, you know all of the the brick and mortar sponsors give something to us. Um, and then uh, between that and and what we actually buy for the tournament, like I I bought a, a five hundred dollar seat to Ryan McMahon's Western Muskie outing. 
um, kind of in the Detroit Lakes area that we put up as a raffle prize. I bought a, uh, a Luke Swanson special Thornbrose fly rod to be awarded to the winner of the fly bonus. Um, so between all of that and, and all the other great prizes, it's, it's well over $20,000. And that's not to mention or to not forget about the, uh, the grand prize pot, which $30 from every paid contestant goes into the grand prize pot. Um, so we had three grand prize winners walk away with $4,500 checks. Wow. Turn them as well, just for registering a forty-inch muskie. Yeah, that's 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 not for winning it. That's just for getting that uh, one legal fish. Yep, it used to be a boat, um, and then when they decided to go away from boats, we went. They went to a, a cash prize, and then uh, I believe it was last year we we were thinking about it and and looking at what some of the other tournaments are doing, and and one of my uh, committee members. Doc Warble said, why don't we break it up into a few prizes? That way um, it kind of spreads the wealth and gives more than one opportunity to win. Uh, your chances go from 1 in 73 to 3 in 73. And so that's that's the way we've continued to do it. Yeah, the three three people walking away with 4500 bucks. that's not bad. Not bad at all. All right, Casey, we appreciate you checking in with us one more time, giving us the scoop on how it all went out. Uh, sounds like the fishing was good, and, you know, musky fishing actually is only going to get better from here until uh, December 1st. Absolutely. All right, Casey, thanks for your time today. We appreciate it. Yep, thanks, Kev. We'll talk to you next year. Up next, we wrap up our State of the Fishery with Henry Drews. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Take good notes so you sound smart. Well, it's time to wrap up the State of the Fishery with Henry Drews, the Regional Fisheries Manager out of the Northwest Minnesota office. We've discussed a lot of topics, but Henry, anything else uh, on the statewide scene that fisheries is looking at? Um, you know, well, we're, we're, we've got a, a lot of meetings this fall where we're, we've reviewed all of our special northern pike regulations, you know, the ones that differ from the zone regulations. And um, we had about 100 of those statewide. And we've determined that there's probably, oh, uh, 15 of those that would uh, perform just as well if we took the special regulation off and moved it into the respective zone regulation. And then there's some that we, uh, there's a handful of lakes down the Park Rapids area where we're looking at actually switching the special regulation from one type of reg to a different different regulation. So there'll be a number of meetings on those 15 or 20 lakes around the state where we're getting public input on those proposed changes. Um, the, the really big one, Kevin, on the horizon is, is we've been hearing from anglers for a long time that, that we need to do something about bluegills. We need to make bluegill fishing better, bring back big bluegills. So over the next year, we're all of our field staff are putting together candidate lakes that might benefit from from um, you know a reduced possession limit, and and see if uh, special regulations make sense to try to improve bluegill fishing. Statewide, our goal is to add another 150 or 200 lakes uh, with uh, reduced bag limits to try to grow bigger bluegill. Fish and Paul Bunyan Country has a number of lakes with these regulations in place already, and it has either restored or protected some real high-quality bluegill fishing opportunities. Examples around Bemidji would include Paimoosh Lake and Gull Lake, where the bag limit's five, five sunfish. And there's a lot of nine, ten-inch fish in those lakes. So um, we're trying to expand that and increase the opportunities for fishermen uh, to have better bluegill fishing. 
again, we'd like to add over the next two years 150 to 200 lakes statewide. And a lot of those are going to we're going to propose are going to be up here in northern Minnesota, you know, Itasca, Beltrami, Hubbard County, um, Cass County. Uh, that this is the area where we still have some good quality left. So that process will include. Uh, taking those candidate lakes, meeting with lake associations over the fall and winter, and then proposing them with signs at the accesses and getting public comment all next summer. Um, and then if we move forward with some subset of those, they would take effect um, in spring of 2021. Okay. So that's a big initiative statewide, and it's going to be in the news a lot over the next year. But, uh, really, when it comes down to bluegills, that's really all you can do. I mean, a slot limit just doesn't work with panfish. There just isn't enough there to play with lengthwise. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're, you're talking, okay, we're going to have an eight to nine inch protected slot. You know, yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Um, there is some interest in uh, reducing the number of, like, say, if your bag limit was 20, maybe you could only have five over eight inches. But again, that involves a lot of measuring. That's something that we've heard from folks when we do um, surveys that. They're really not that interested in measuring all their bluegills. But a bag limit is simple, and it's proven effective. If you put it on the right lake and you get good compliance, we can make bluegill fishing better with a small bag limit. So that's really what we're focusing on. Um, One of the things I I talked to a lot of people about this year, another thing I wanted to check on, are people paying attention to those northern rigs we talked about a little earlier? Are they taking advantage of that, taking more fish? And I would say about 60, 40 responses I got were, yeah, they noticed that there were more people fishing northern, and they were taking some of those smaller fish. So that seems to be making at least some impact out there. Yeah, you know, we, we're happy with the participation we're seeing and, you know, taking advantage of that expanded bag limit up here. The real engine on that regulation is the uh, is the size limit, that narrow slot, 22 to 26 inches. That's the part of that regulation that in 10 years we hope to see a real big difference from growing more pike over 26, you know, up to 30 inches. The the opportunity to harvest those small pike is just that. It's an opportunity. I don't think angling-wise we could ever take enough to to do what that protected slot will do. But they're there. Let's use them, make use of those fish. And I know uh, I've heard from a number of resort owners that our out-of-state guests are really liking that opportunity to take home more pike. Well, I know one thing that has helped. Uh, the YouTube and YouTube videos have taught people how to pull the bones out, and uh, so they're not as scared of the bones as they used to be. Yeah, it is. It is fun to see uh, see the expansion and in, 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 uh, at the cleaning tables, more people um, slicing up the pike and taking advantage of those smaller fish that way. Um, I know when I, I always offer to do other tasks in camp and let my friends do that for us, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but I tell you what. The meat you get off of those small pike is pretty darn good. Absolutely, I love I love pike. Uh, my 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 grandma was feeding me pike when I was a kid, so I'm a, I'm a northern fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else interesting going on that we might not be aware of? You know, you know nothing really comes to mind. Um, you know, it, this is the time of year where our staff are. Um, are moving from from all the surveys they do during the summer. Now they're harvesting the walleye fingerlings out of the ponds and musky fingerlings, and they'll be doing the stocking here uh, over the next um, you know six weeks. And then we move into writing all the reports and updating management plans and you know the office phase of our work. So um, it's just a, another click in the cycle. 
things are, are moving and and our visibility out on the water in our boats and doing surveys kind of changes and uh, now we're in the office in the fall and winter you know cranking out the cranking out the survey reports that help us make decisions on all those lakes we surveyed as to what we might do differently to continue making fishing better okay um, any meetings coming up uh, public meetings I need to be aware of uh, there's a, there's few in the Bemidji area on um, some changes to the the Red Lake uh, Northern Pike regulations and some Northern Pike regulation changes uh, in se- meetings in September in Becker and Hubbard counties. So yeah, there are a few meetings around um, that are again taking input on those uh, regulation changes for Pike. All right. Final question as always, Henry. Uh, put on your uh, teacher's hat. Uh, give us a grade for Paul Bunyan Country Fishing this year. You know, I, I don't like minuses, so I'm going to say, uh, you know, you always want to leave some room for improvement, I'd, but I'd call this season an A. Yeah. I did not get, like I said, I did not get many uh, reports where I really had to scramble to put something together. There was always fish biting, maybe not always the hottest walleye bite, but there was there was fish biting all the time. Yeah, if you were willing to adapt, you'd find your fish. Henry Drews is the uh, regional manager out of the Northwest office here in Bemidji doing the uh, annual Fish and Paul Bunyan Country wrap-up. Henry, we appreciate you taking the time, as always, to join us. And, uh, well, you know, we got Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors coming up weekly. We, we may check in with you a little bit later on down the road, too. That sounds excellent. And if we don't talk hunting or rice harvest in the next few weeks, I look forward to 2020 on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Now we're going fishing for Bunyan Country.